Good morning, church family. Lord, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't know how this feels. I, I felt rotten last week, and I felt double rotten because I wasn't going to get to be with y'all. And I just, I just, I begged, I begged God at 2 a.m. on uh, Sunday morning, Lord, please, if you don't do something, I'm not going to be able to go. And I don't even know where Sunday went. It just left. Uh, and then Monday night, I had another attack. So waking up Tuesday morning, Lynn said, we are going somewhere. I said, well, let's go to St. Francis. And that's where we went. Spent most of the day there running all kind of tests. And the physician's assistant, he finally, he said, well, all I can say is you have an inflamed ulcer. And I'm going to send you to a gastroendologist. And I go there Tuesday of this week. So I still know it's there. I feel it. But it's not painful. Um, but just got to behave, I guess, which is out of my category. But we are so happy that you've come today to worship. We had a good number in our Sunday school meeting, and uh, I'll say a word about that. I want you to be in Sunday school. If you're not used to it, come. I want to see our Sunday school grow. I mean, you know, we're just sitting. But I want us to, I want us to, uh, to get on with it, okay? And every teacher and every student uh, be satisfied and happy. One of the things Brother John pointed out, you know, we don't go by age, we go by satisfaction. So if you go in a class and you're not happy with that class, go to another one. And when you've gone all through the classes and can't get satisfied, come be with me. And we'll just, we'll just pray through the thing, okay? Uh, missions night will be this Wednesday night. And someone made mention, but we don't have any literature. We don't have our books. So my suggestion to you, uh, if when your group meets, that you talk about what's coming. Say, I don't know what's coming. I know Jesus is coming, okay? And so we talk about, if there's a mission project, hey, let's make plans. Let's work on things. And then when you get your literature, okay. But we don't want to just sit on the sideline uh, waiting on literature to show up. Uh, so keep that in mind. This Wednesday night, after the meal, we'll be going to our different mission groups. And uh, the Brotherhood crowd, we will stay in the fellowship hall uh, for our part of the meeting. Also tonight, um, we're going to have a shower for uh, Josie and uh, Aaron. It will begin at 6 o'clock in our fellowship hall. And so you come and enjoy uh, meeting them. If you haven't, they're right here. Raise your hand. All right, and uh, we're looking forward to that tonight and then the wedding uh, that will be upcoming, and so uh, just be here tonight for that. Say, I don't do showers. I said, well, that's the reason you smell like you do, okay? <laughs> so the best thing to do is come, show up, and let's, let's just have a good time of fellowship and enjoy uh, these people. Uh, let me see. Uh, yes, if you're a first-time guest, Thank you for being here today. And I wish that you'd fill out a care card. Say, I've already done that. Will you do it again? Uh, and help me. I, I get uh, out of sorts sometime and forgot last Sunday uh, to pick them up. And the reason, I wasn't here. Okay? So um, make sure I get those. Ushers have been good about that. And uh, so keep that in mind. Does anybody else have a spoken announcement? Yes, go ahead. Yes, sir. Huh? 
Um, you see the new lady that's in the church this morning. Uh, some people might be wondering who she is. Her name is Miss Susan Cumby. She's our new interim choir director. So uh, if you haven't met her, try to meet her this morning. She's a very accomplished musician. I can't tell you everything that she's done, but she teaches voice. She teaches piano. She teaches violin, um, music theory. Uh, she's done a lot of things, so she's very capable of taking care of us. So we're so happy to have her here this morning and make her welcome. And I will add to that about the, the choir. We really did enjoy Wednesday night, Susan. Thank you. This is very good. Uh, put my Sunday school hat on right quick. Thank you for the attendance that we had this morning. I just like I think Kenny already said it better than I did. All I, all I want to add to that is that we are just changing the time a little bit. Instead of 9:15, we will be meeting at 9:30. Okay. Instead of 9:15, the, the the Sunday school people voted this morning to change that to 9:30. So let's just remember that that time change next week. 9:30 Sunday school. And like Kenny said, if you don't have a place, we will find you a place. We will have ushers at each door if you're new people. We will have ushers at each door. In uh, whichever class you want to you want to plug into, we will get you there. All right. So don't feel like you don't have a place if you don't, if you're not a Sunday school member. You come on, and we will find you a place. Thank you. Good morning. Um, if you'll notice the change for women's ministry in your bulletin, it's May 4th instead of the 27th. And if you plan to come, we'll meet in the fellowship hall at 6 o'clock. And if you'll just let myself or Lynn or Wanda Barton know that you're coming so we'll know as far as food how much we need. And we look forward to seeing you. And women's, um, we're going to meet in the Sunday School for Missions Night on Wednesday. Thank you. All right, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Ray Lewis. My son is Weston Lewis. Weston, raise your hand. He's over here. All right. Weston, uh, this past year, completed all the requirements to earn, earn his Eagle Scout rank. Um, do, due to COVID and me dragging my feet, due to COVID, uh, we have not had his Eagle Scout ceremony yet. Um, next Sunday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, out in Fellowship Hall, we are going to have his Eagle Scout ceremony well, he will be presented with his Eagle Scout medal and certificates and all that. Um, this is an open invitation to the church family. Uh, anybody that would like to come, you're welcome to come. It's going to be at 2 o'clock. Do I have any Eagle Scouts in here? Raise your hand. Really? Wow. Okay. There you go, buddy. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if we've got any Eagle Scouts, so y'all know any that uh, you know that want to uh, come be a part of it, I highly encourage uh, any Eagle Scouts to come be a part of it. But anyway, love to see you there. Thanks so much. All right, I want to give you an update on what's going on in and around Cameroon, Africa. Ernest is in Kerrville, Texas. If you all haven't met Ernest, I don't know when he will be here uh, to preach again. Uh, but I want to just fill you in. Uh, he is to arrive at uh, Lynn and I's house on the 24th of this month. He will spend the night with us. And uh, there is a, there's two other churches that's helping him. And so he will be preaching at that one of those churches next Sunday morning. I don't know that he will be uh, preaching anywhere on Sunday night. If not, then I want him to be here. And being here on the 25th. Now, we've been trying to get up things, collect things. 
the container is in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, we have already secured a U-Haul truck. Uh, Brother Mac has agreed he's going to drive for me this time, and uh, so I want you to listen carefully. I don't want to over, overload you with information. So, if you have uh, mattresses, old smartphones, furniture, bicycles, don't bring a junk piece, okay? Don't want junk. They already got enough junk over there. Um, we need to have that stuff here. Uh, well, between now and the 24th, what I'd love for it to be here. Between now and the 24th, put it in the fellowship hall. Say, where? Anywhere you can find to put it. Okay. On the 26th, uh, Mac and I are going to go and pick up the uh, U-Haul truck. And uh, we've already had over 200 folding chairs donated. And uh, we hope to have more stuff, and we're going to put that in the truck. And uh, we will leave somewhere around 5 o'clock or earlier uh, on the 27th. Uh, for Atlanta. Now, uh, we don't really need anybody to go to Atlanta with us. We've rented the truck for one way, so I'll drive a vehicle behind Mac. But loading this stuff, I will, I will do an all call uh, as to where you can meet us if you'd like, <clears throat> because we probably may start out here at the church house, load up stuff here, and then we got to go to uh, two other churches, three. And pick up some furniture so maybe you guys who's available can help. Ladies, I don't care. Um, to help when we get to these destinations just to get it loaded into the truck and secured. Uh, so we'll be ready to pull out early uh, on the 27th. Now, if you don't know what happened, uh, there was a fire in Cameroon. There was a little workshop that was next door that caught fire. It set the church house on fire. I preached there several Sundays, and it, they lost everything, even cars. So at this time, uh, Cassie is going to show you a little short video uh, of that fire. Good morning, and we are in front of the Mendon Church. Give us a little that volume. That has completely been burned down. A few weeks ago, I was awakened by a WhatsApp message, a video message sent to me by uh, Pastor Godswell Chongsei, who oversees a number of churches in a section of Yaoundé, the capital city of Cameroon. And one of those churches is a church we helped plant uh, uh, six, seven years or eight years ago, a church of about 200 members. Immediately drove across town with my two older kids uh, to bring encouragement to the church. Our scripture is full of paradoxes. God sometimes doesn't make sense. And in times like this, we begin to wonder. It says, when you go through the river, water signifies difficult times. It says, you will not be drowned. As I was driving here, and I was beginning to wonder what to share. Passage that came to mind was the one that uh, in Romans it says, All things work together for good, even in times like this. God will work this. Uh, this is a church in a very difficult part of the city. 
had about 200 members that were basically uh, working hard to survive. Uh, they generated uh, about $600 uh, a month, which was not able to uh, take care of uh, the church itself. So they don't no place to turn to. Uh, they've approached us again to see uh, if God could move through us. We're estimating the building uh, to build this uh, completely would take us about $25,000. Uh, this is a very urgent need because the rainy seasons have just started and uh, uh, the building will protect them from uh, rain. It will also serve as a central sending point for evangelism. Uh, it will help enhance ministry in the community. Uh, this building will be used to host community events and ultimately impact ministry potential in that community and uh, would also enhance uh, growth. Well, this is a very urgent need and uh, we pray that God will touch the right people to give towards this. If you'd like to give, uh, please make out checks to Bread for Life International and send to our board chairman in Rogers, Arkansas at the address uh, below. about you but oh, my heart's broken for them they hardly have anything to start with and it was all lost in the fire another church has given a pulpit stand and so you be praying that all this stuff will come together that it will reach Cameroon and be accepted uh, so these people can get back at it the total cost of rebuilding this building uh, Ernest said is $25,000. Y'all, we out of debt. We can do something. I'll leave that up to you as an individual. We'll say more about that later. But I do know of another church in our association is already going to make a good-sized donation. And uh, I would love us to do something. Okay, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus... You know our hearts. Lord, we have everything. It's, it's, it's so amazing the stuff that we have and we throw away that they can use. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be better stewards of the things that you put in our possession. Ordered that we might share with others. Thank you for those that are here today. Thank you for those that are watching by Facebook Live. Lord, I pray that you would bless this day. Thank you for Susan being here with us today. Lord, just bless her as she leads our music. And Lord, I pray for our children. We thank you for them and our youth. God, you have blessed our church more than we deserve. And that I'm grateful for, Lord. And help us not to take these things for granted because we could have a fire right here. So I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to be sensitive to the needs of others around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Susan, you come. Good morning. What a beautiful day to serve our Lord and to be together in worship. It is a joy to be here among you in this beautiful sanctuary with all these beautiful people as well. 
But let's begin our worship service this morning by turning, uh, not in your hymnal, my bad, uh, in mine, to um, I will sing of my Redeemer. Can we please stand? We can't sing this hymn sitting down. church family that we were out of debt for this building what a joy that that was but when I think of how horrible I have been and that Jesus saw fit to pay my sin debt hallelujah all right make sure we continue to pray for all of our government officials uh, our great county our state the nation, the world, the virus, the vaccine, our doctors and nurses, uh, our teachers and students, our farmers. Uh, I don't know how many of you listen to uh, 103.1 Christian Radio, the life out of Anderson, uh, but uh, Brother Paul Howell 
um, was one of those great announcers, passed away this week. And so we want to remember the family of Paul Howe, also the family of Miss Clara Blackwell. Um, Debbie Majeski is uh, recuperating from knee surgery. Uh, Dean and Donna Swalford are on their way to Florida um, to an aunt's uh, funeral. Um, her name is Lois Smith, so we need to remember that family in our prayers and pray for Dean and Donna uh, to have safety. Uh, they're just they're going down there for the funeral, turn around and come home. So that's a lot of, of driving, so we need to pray for their protection. And uh, continue to pray for Susan. She leads our music this morning. Pray for the reading of God's Word. And uh, just listen for God to speak to you. Okay? All right. If you want to join hands with somebody, if you want to come to the altar, I'll be right here. Uh, I'll be glad for you to come. Brother Keith. Let us pray. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we come, Lord, just thanking you. We give you all the blessings, Lord. We seem to call on you when we're in time of need, and Lord, you're always there for us. But Lord, let us open up and just say thank you for all the blessings you give us each and every day that we sometimes go without notice, Lord, and I just lift those up to you. I pray that you'll be with each and every one of these prayer requests Brother Kenny brought up. I pray that you will watch over this church, Lord, and just let it continue to grow and let us get through all this time with the COVID and everything, Lord. Bless the ones that are still sick. I just lift those up to you. I ask you to be with the doctors and the nurses and everyone that's taking care of someone, Lord, and just open up our hearts, Lord, for us to be able to go out and tell someone else about you, Lord, and just share you, Lord, because you are the good news. We pray that you'll watch over us, guide us, and protect us. Be with Brother Kenny. Be with Brother Ernest, Lord, wherever he may be today. I just pray that you'll watch over us, guide us, and protect us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In our worship this morning by singing, Let Others See Jesus in You.
little set change up here. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> you will come to know a little bit more about me as time goes on and how much music means the world to me. It's not just what I do, it's who I am. And you have to understand that I grew up in a musical family. My father was a, a great singer and I um, learned all kinds of music, from classical to bluegrass and everything in between, you name it. That uh, I love and appreciate it. The song I want to play for you, obviously, on my violin, is uh, an old spiritual my father has sung all my life, Wayfaring Stranger. Perhaps you've heard of it, um, but a, a great, great spiritual and just a moving text that um, that I've always um, I've always loved. But it, the last hymn that we just did, I couldn't help but think of the text and how it connects to this song. But as we go through this life, through all of its toils and, and troubles, we are a wayfaring stranger. But it's during that journey that we need to shine for Jesus and let others see Jesus in us. So... Um, I'll uh, begin. This is a violin arrangement that I did. The committee told me I had to announce it, <laughs> that I wrote and uh, arranged um, the piano and the violin part. Enjoy.
amen. Thank you, Susan. That was excellent. I'll show you I do have some water. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of John, chapter 2. Reading verses 1 through 11. I know one reason that I was probably unable to come last Sunday, uh, whether God laid it on me or whether the devil laid it on, I don't know. But usually Easter is our largest time for people to come to God's house. So I thank the Lord that it was already planned that my son Mac would be preaching probably to the largest crowd he's preached to in here. And uh, oh, the reports that I have gotten, all excellent. And two, I was talking to a gentleman this week. He called me to see how I was feeling. And after we talked a little, he said, I'll tell you something. Your wife is as good a preacher as you are. Hallelujah. If I conk out, y'all are going to be in good hands. Hey, wow. I am so thankful. I'm a blessed man. Gospel of John, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they had lacked wine, the mother said unto him, they have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with this? Now my hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatever he saith unto you, just go do it. And there were yet six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece, that is probably twenty to thirty gallons of water apiece, and Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw some out now, and bear it unto the governor of the feast. And they bore it. <clears throat> when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not from where it was, but the service knew where they had drawn the water from. And the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. He saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when the men have well drunk, then they which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. The beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. <clears throat> Father, thank you for your word. Speak to our hearts, Lord. I, I, we, I need a word from you, God. And I pray that you would just help my lips and my tongue to speak the words that needs to be spoken here this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't have to tell you life's full of problems. This body is full of problems. And the older we get, it <clears throat> seems like the more problems we encounter. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have water. But, you know, when we think about 
all the troubles and the problems that right now in America or right now in our county that we face every day, we're a blessed people. If we're saved, we're a blessed people. I'm like Lynn this week. She and I, bit, we did a lot of traveling together this week and, and little short runs here and there. And uh, people just drive like they want to now. Probably don't have to tell you that if you drive. Hey, you want to pull out in front of somebody? Just pull out and see if they'll stop. Or if you're going to make a right turn down, you don't give no signal. Everybody knows you make a right turn at this time at that place. You don't have to give a signal. If your tags run out, don't worry about it. You don't have to have a tag in Oconee County. Just go do what you want to do. Seems like that is the attitude of a lot of people today. And us who are Christians who are trying to do right and drive right, we have to take the consequences. And you know, the best thing to do is to be on our P's and Q's and be alert at everything going on. I've tried to make it a policy. If the phone rings, get somewhere, pull over, and then get on the phone. And I've had people to stop and say, are you okay? Is your car broke now? I said, no, I'm on the phone. Oh, and they drive on. Because it's so, hey, now listen, y'all. I do have the smartphone. It's smarter than I. Text me if you please. But don't look for anything to come back. I'm sorry. I'm learning, though. I'm attempting. But you know... I'm afraid that these big old fingers and them little bitty letters is going to touch the wrong letter and send the wrong message, and then what you going to do with it? Let me show you what my preacher sent me. <laughs> Please, <laughs> just bear with me, pray with me, because I don't sit around, you know. You, know, it's just, ah. you go to a restaurant, you got a mom and a dad and two kids. Every one of them may just like this right here. The waitress comes, going to take your drink order. Excuse me just a minute. <laughs> Oh, me. Such disrespect. I've only had this to happen one time, and he's not here today that did this. I talked about people with telephones and being in the service and not being on silent. I said, you know, I'm not going to bring my phone to church because somebody's going to call me sure as you're born. This particular time, I forgot my phone was in my pocket. As soon as I said amen at that meeting, my phone went to ringing. And he went to laughing. Well, I don't have to tell you the problems that are going on in our world. But when I think of all the problems, and I hold and I look at a globe, I'm thinking, hey, somewhere out yonder, God is watching over his youngins. He knows where you are. He knows what you are. He knows what you have said. He knows what you're going to do next. You know, sometimes, now Lynn's already give a little bit about our marriage. I'm grateful for those mornings. We get up together. Yeah, I aggravate her. I really do. And I'm going to have to slack off. Now that's going to be hard to do at 74 to slack off. Uh, you know what I think? When this COVID thing come about and people wearing masks, wouldn't it be great 
If the mask is worn and nothing impure or ugly is going to come through the mask, <laughs> if somebody invents that, you're going to not have to do anything else in this world. What does the Bible say? The tongue is an unruly piece of furniture in this body. And no man, he said no man, is able to tame it. Hey, you know, I either got up too early or I got up too late. I went to the store to make a purchase and they said we don't carry it any longer. I make a purchase of a thing and I take out a guarantee on it. Before it runs, before the guarantee runs out, it quits. You take it back and say, oh, we discontinued that. <sighs> Where's all this going? Well, I'm going to send a bunch of it to Africa. Okay? I mean, I've seen it, y'all. They take these old smartphones, and they're wise. They fix those things. Mattresses that I see on the side. Listen, every, God, God knows my heart. Every mattress I see on the side of the road or anywhere, Cameroon, Cameroon, you know, they, how could I get all these stuff together and hold on? Because some of them done got rained on, so they're no good. I either said too much or I didn't say anything. Uh, you know, for every idle word, I'm not talking about good, wholesome conversation. I'm talking about just idle words. You've heard that. You've seen that. The Bible says that God... We go give an account of every idle word. And I've heard people say, well, he, he don't say too much, does he? No, he don't. And then somebody this morning said, you know what? You can't talk without your hands. Well, you know, it is tough. Now, what was I fixing to say? <laughs> you know, when I think about this sermon, y'all, did not come in day before yesterday or even week before last or even last year. But in the scripture, I noticed some words draw out now. So I, I thought about that. This is a social sermon today with spiritual results. That's not the title. You can write that under the title if you want to. And another thing that I like in the scripture is in verse 5. The last two words, do it. Just go do it. Don't wait on somebody else to do it. Just go do it. Oh, well, I don't want to take charge. Somebody has to be in charge. Hello? Somebody has to be in charge. God is in control. But somebody's got to be in charge. So if this sermon hits you in the wrong way, then you talk to God about it. Don't say, oh, well, he was looking right at me when he said it. You know, I try to scan the entire congregation because you all are my family in which I love and I pray for. So don't take this in the wrong way today. <clears throat> Jesus is a problem solver. Amen? Amen? Now, he can solve our problems if we'll let him. Okay, something is growing in here. I don't know what it is. It's right there. I go Tuesday to find out. I want to see what's in there. If they'll let me, you know, I want to know what's coming. If they will let me know. And if they don't, hey, 
that's okay too. So you, if you've got your little outline, you want to write and fill in those blanks. First of all, you know, it's a social sermon with spiritual results. So for the marriage. Very simple. It's on the third day when this happened. There's a marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus. You know, marriage, marriage is a divine thing that God put together. I was talking to one of my friends this week, don't live anywhere around here, nowhere. He said, we got sad news this week. The son had left home. Well, he didn't live with him to start with. He rented a house, but he had taken missing. They had no idea where he went or where he was. Yesterday, the word came. I want you all to know I'm married to another man. It broke my heart. I cannot, in my little tiny mind, figure out what is wrong with this generation. Well, if I want to, I'll do it. The consequences of this kind of trash, you and I will give an account for it when we stand before God. I I don't know where this is going, y'all. I'm sorry. I don't know. God instituted marriage in any other way is going against what God wants it to go. There is no excuse. I had a grandpa that was a heavy drinker but an excellent bricklayer. I'm not an excellent bricklayer, but neither am I a drinker. I heard a man tell me one time, I said, you just don't know how I was raised. It makes no difference how you were raised. What you're doing right now is what's important. You will give an account. I will give an account of my life. You know, Paul said in Ephesians 5.3, For this cause, what cause? For the cause of marriage shall a man leave his father and his mother and be joined and cleave unto his wife. And the two become one flesh. Cassie, would you put up Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27? And God said, okay, listen to this. I did not say this. Who said it? God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. What does your Bible say? Come on, speak out. Male and female. 
the day that a person don't understand and know the difference, God needs to take them out of here. My soul. You may not appreciate this, but I saw a cartoon one time. These little children were about two years old. They were standing there, and all they had on was their little undies. Both of them had their pants pulled out like this. And they look at each other and said, there is a difference. But this generation thinks there's no difference. Hey, it's okay if I want to shack up with somebody. That's my business. I'll do it. Let me tell you, you will reap what you sow. I'm reaping a lot of things that I sowed back there. And I can't change it. But I know God's forgiven me of it. My goodness. You young girls, you court a male, a Christian male. And you young guys, you court a Christian girl. You say, oh, but I love him or I love her and and I'm going to bring them around. If you aren't careful, they'll bring you around. They'll not only bring you around, they'll bring you down. I don't understand this, this, this crowd. Uh, so, it's a social sermon with spiritual results. The young girl says to me, I told her, I said, you, are you married? I was invited, went to their home. I said, no, we're not married. I said, well, you know, God's not in favor of this. I'll be glad to help you. She said, I can't get married. I said, He don't love you? Oh, yes, he loves me. And I love him. And we're happy like it is. I said, but listen, God's not happy. She said, I can't get married. I said, why? She said, because my first husband is dead. I'm drawing a check off of him. If I get married, I lose that check. The world has fixed it. So we think it's okay to go ahead and do it like we want to do it. But it's not okay. It's S-I-N. You know who's to blame for that? The letter I. I am to blame. The guy says, well, what do you want me to do? I said, y'all do what God wants you to do, but his word says this is what you need to do. You know, so many people, they go to people that tell them what's wrong with them. And they know because they've had that training. And they suggest things that they ought to go and do, and they don't do it. And they come back and blame the one that told them what to do. You know, when I counsel a couple, if they don't hear what I have to say, then they better go somewhere else. Because I don't have to soft pedal what a, a relationship is between a husband and a wife. Between a, a, a two, two people, male and female. God created everything. And he created a male and a female and told them to go and raise children. How's two women have a baby? How's two men have a baby? Ridiculous. I've never been approached, okay, to marry two men or two women. I will go to jail before I do it. Hello? I will not do it. I'll show them in the scripture where it is wrong. Now, I don't mind helping a couple that's living together. If they want to get married, hey, I am happy to do that because I want it right. A second thing, a social sermon here with spiritual results. 
for the social life of the Christian. Verse 2, look what he says. And both Jesus were called into the disciples to the marriage. Jesus went to the wedding. He was invited and he carried along. And I went back and I looked and uh, the best I could figure out, and so I underlined these old boys. Uh, if I don't get done with this sermon today, I'll finish it next Sunday. So don't, don't get alarmed. Uh, Mac, you hit me. Uh, verse 40. Andrew was called. Nathaniel was called. Philip was called. Peter was called. See, all the, uh, all the disciples hadn't been called at that time. So those that had been called, four or five, whichever it was, Jesus brought them with him. Hey, it's okay to have a social life if Jesus is there. I should not go anywhere that I can't take my Lord with me. Listen, if I show up, they, no, you, you don't have to hide your beer. You don't have to hide your liquor. You know, hey, it's okay. You know, I dreamed something the other night. I just thought about this dream. <laughs> Lynn don't even know about it. I dreamed that I had a steel. <laughs> Literally. And I, I had registered everything. And I was selling that stuff. I mean, I was just having a ball. Until one of my church members found out about it. I don't know which one it was you. I don't dream in color. Most of the time I don't dream with names, okay? But I thought, what am I going to do? Look at this. I can't destroy this. I got a lot of money tied up here. That's the problem today. Hey, it's a social thing. If I don't go out to eat with my boss and drink with him, then I'm going to lose my job. You tell me which is the best. Stand before God and have your slate clean or stand before God and be guilty. Hey, we need to take a stand for this social life uh, that, we, that we live. This, uh, another thing I want to share with you about this social sermon with spiritual results. Number three. For the life we live. Verses 3 and 4. And when they lacked wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, Hey, they ain't got no wine. They done run out. Jesus saith, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour has not yet come. So what do you do with that? Problems usually come when least expected. When least expected. You know, Mary knew her son. She knew what he could do. But at her command, he says, woman. Now the word in those days, woman, meant the same thing as you and I when we address a woman by the, using the term lady. He wasn't disrespectful. I've heard people say, he was disrespectful to his mother. No, he wasn't. You have to understand what was going on. It wasn't his time yet. You see, God works on a timetable. Hello? He don't go by daytime, nighttime, 12 hours, 24 hours. He don't go by that. Woman, a word, lady. You know, I was just invited to this wedding. I, I'm not going to butt in. You need to see the host on this. 
Then she turns, you know. You know, she might be taking, maybe trying to step above him or beyond him because she was a Jewish mother. Uh, she wanted the best for her boy. She wanted her boy to perform when the time come. You know, sometimes we push our kids. Listen to me. Sometimes we push our kids when we ought to be leading them. Okay? Get that. Sometimes we push our kids when we ought to be leading them. She just simply said to have no wine. Well, what is that to me? Jesus said, uh, he said I'm, just, I'm just a guest here. So it really doesn't concern me. It's not my time yet. Because he had a schedule. Number four. For the obedience in our life. Verses five. And the mother saith unto the servants. Whatever he saith unto you. Just go do it. And so there were six water pots there. Each one carrying anywhere from 20 to 30 gallons. <clears throat> and Jesus said. Hey boy. Go fill those water pots up. Please. And bring them back in. Now there's the word in there. That's brim. Okay. I'm not talking about the fish. I'm talking about this fill the water pots up to the brim. Now I like to do this because it reminds me of this verse of scripture. You take a glass of water slowly. The glass has to be stationary. You can't be holding it when this happens. It has to be stationary and you fill it with water to the overflowing point. And I've watched this and I've seen it. The water will be just above the brim. Fill it to the brim. And it'll be just a hair, I mean, probably a 64th over the top of the glass. But it won't. And so when these things happened, uh, you know, the, the service was simply just being obedient to the Lord. We see Mary's faith in her son in verse 5, verse 7. We see the obedience of the service go fill the water pots. In verse 8, we see the obedience of faith that was carried out. Can you imagine those servants? I don't know how many servants there were, but let's say there were six. There were six water pots, 20 to 30 gallons of water. Somebody right quick. How many, how many pounds is 30 gallons of water? How much? 240 pounds. I can live 40. I know some of my boys back here can live probably that and more. But I believe they were six servants. Each carried a water pot. Filled it up. And they probably says, what's it going to do with water? And they need wine. He's asking us to what? Hey, there had to be a chairman in that crowd. Let's fill the water pots, boys. I don't know what he's going to do. It ain't none of our business, but we need to obey him. Right? So they filled them up. They filled them up to the brim. They brought it. <clears throat> The word came out, draw out now. So, they bear the water to the guest. You know, obedience was carried out. Uh, I, I look at it this way. Freely I have received salvation. Freely I need to give it away. Now, number five, for once saved, you don't forget it. Verse nine, I want you to look at verse nine, two, nine. And when the ruler of the feast, 
had tasted of the water that was made wine, they knew not from where it was, but the servants knew where it come from because they drawed it. The governor of the feast called for the bridegroom. You know, I've done a lot of weddings. And to me, you know who the most nervous person I've come across is the groom. The groom. Nervous. Oh, am am I going to forget what? Listen, the best thing you do is just enjoy the day. I'll tell you what to say. I'll feed it in here. It'll come out there. You sure? Yes, sir. You sure? Yes, sir. You, You just say what I tell you to say. I said, on top of that, you and I are going to walk out there in a minute, and the best man, and we're going to be standing there looking at the congregation, smile. I said, because when that music changes, and those doors open, and your bride enters that room, every eyeball in that place is going to be looking at her, not you. So just get over it, and I'm going to be right beside you, your daddy, if that's who the best man going to be on the other side of you, and we're not going to leave you. It's amazing what goes on back there before we come out here. I probably could write another book on stories of things that happens in church. You can't tell it from here, but you might could write about it. You could write about it. Ha. Okay. There's verse 9. When he tasted of it, somebody said, Wow, good drink. Give me some more of that. Ooh. Well, you know, you don't forget when or where. You may forget when, you may forget where, but you will not forget that you've been saved. Somewhere back there, somewhere back there. But the main thing is to know. To know that you're saved. Those servants knew what was in those water pots. Can you imagine how they like to have a spell when they got a taste of what they thought was water? Now, let's move to another point right quick. Number six, the best for last. Look at verse 10. And he says unto them, Every man that is beginning doth, uh, doth set forth good wine, but when the men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good part until the last part. Now, had well drunk does not mean they were so intoxicated that they didn't know which end was up. They just drank all they could drink. They probably thought they couldn't hold another swallow. But when Jesus got done with the water... It was brand new wine. And I've had people say, well, if Jesus drank, I can. I said, well, listen, the wine that he drank was brand new wine. It was not fermented wine. God would not do that because it would open up a door for people just to drink any way they want to, get drunk and do what they want to. That's not God's way. So don't misunderstand this portion of God's word. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above and cometh down from the Father. God's not going to give you something that's going to make you 
lose control. I've dealt with a many a drunk. A many a drunk. And probably the worst, and don't take this wrong, is a drunk woman. I hope I never, ever have to come in contact with a drunk female anymore. If I do, I'm going to sick Lynn on her. <laughs> she does the big stuff. But a man or a person, a woman, whoever, that's drunk, it is a sad thing. I know you've read this in the paper, and I'm not going to give out names, but those three young men that have been caught, DUI and all this, I've watched them grow up from babies. And I'll tell you something else that I have seen in some of those families is that the mama and the daddy went to the store and bought the stuff, brought it home. So it must be okay. It's sad, y'all. It's so sad. I'll come anywhere I'm called, guys. Don't misunderstand me today. You call me to come to your house because of a crisis or because whatever, I'm coming. And I'm going to do my best to help you. We are not immune to trouble, y'all. Seven grandchildren, one's married, thank God. I told Lynn this morning, I said, those last three, I will probably be dead and gone before they reach that point in their life of choosing a mate or begin to date. But the Bible speaks of wine. Judges 9.13 talks about it. Psalm 104, verses 14 and 15. God causes the grass to grow for the cattle. God causes all these other things to grow for the spiritual and physical health of man. But we've taken this stuff and twisted and turned it into something that's destroying our youngest generation. And a lot of times our youngest generation is getting it from the older generation. How do you go buy alcohol at 17 or 18 when you're not of age? I'll tell you how. I've seen it. I'm purchasing this. Good. He's 21, 22 years old. Great. He's legal. But when he gets in the car, he's got younger guys with him. Can you imagine? Listen to this. Can you imagine five seconds before those two, was it Corvettes or, or, or what? Camaros hit? Instantly, their entire lives changed. It's important not to push our kids, but to lead them. It talks about uh, when a person is drunk, they, they don't speak clearly. They just do a lot of babbling. Who hath wounds without a cause, the Bible says. Who hath redness of eyes. They that carry long at the alcohol that flows so freely in our world today. Don't push your kids. Lead them. Parents, it's your business 
to know what your young'uns are doing. It's your business to know what they're on the computers about, on the cell phones about. It's your business. Now, if they're working a job, they're buying their own computer, and they're buying their own cell phone, they're paying their own grocery bill, buying their clothes, ain't one thing left. That's a roof over their head. And that's when you say, I don't care if you are paying for all this stuff, you're still under this roof, you change your mind, you change it now, or get out. Would you do your child that way? Oh, hey, I had that experience. My heart sunk when I heard that back door slam. But then, praise God, I heard footsteps coming back down the hall. Went into his room and shut the door. Guys, if we don't stand up, where is that going to, where are we going to find our kids? I know a man that invested everything he had, everything. I'm talking everything he had to hire a lawyer to get his son out of drug trafficking. Didn't, he didn't make it. He served time. And the daddy made payments after payments after payments. You don't have to do that. You say, but I love my kids. Do you really? If you buy them out of everything coming and going... Oh, they may thank you, Daddy, thank you. But wait till they get out of it and slip back in. You have to set an example. You have to have discipline. You have to have rules in place. Oh, I don't like rules. Well, you don't like the Bible then. Because the Bible is full of rules and those things that we need to be about. So I want you to think about this today. A social sermon with spiritual results concerning marriage, Concerning social life, our own personal life, our obedience to God, our knowing if we're saved or not. And to know, listen, the best is yet to come. If you're right with God, the best is yet to come. Probably the most horrible funeral I guess I've ever had. Well, two probably. Of a young person who was killed... And a daddy who died, and the family members, some of them would say, do you know where my son went? Do you, do you know my, my daddy went to heaven? And if I don't know, I have to say, I'm sorry. I don't know. Don't do your family that way. Bible says sin is pleasurable for only a season. Bible says sin, listen to this, sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. We bring it on ourselves. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just hope and God, I pray that I've said all that needs to be said. Lord, I pray that your holy word would speak to our people. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. That I might continue to be an example, Lord, I'm not perfect. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And Lord, help me to watch what I look at. Help me to watch where I go, to watch what I say. Because without you, Lord, I know of nothing. But with you, I can accomplish and do all things. If there's anybody in here today, Lord, that does not know you, give them courage to come forward.
If there's anybody in here that's backslidden on you, God, give them courage to come forward, confess sin, and make it right. And God, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Susan, what are we singing? Hey, that's what God wants. Just as I am. Don't try to change and then go. Come now. for your support Lynn and I listen we truly love you and we love our church that's you I just want to obey the Lord it's not always easy sin oh yeah it's there brother Ray would you come and dismiss us today care cards drop them in the baskets as you leave today and uh, meant to tell you that earlier don't forget tonight, the shower uh, for Aaron and Josie, 6 o'clock. Come out and support these youngins. I invite you, I encourage you, I, I want you to come back tonight. And let's have a good time. Wednesday night, missions night. Okay? Thank you and God bless you, Brother Ray. Thank you. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this beautiful morning you provided for us, Lord, and a beautiful opportunity to come here and worship you, Lord, and learn more about you. Lord, um, 
just uh, I thank you for the words Kenny brought to us uh, this morning, Lord. I know he's burdened, and uh, I know he's got nothing but love for each and every one of us, Lord. And, and we all need to um, check ourselves, Lord, uh, check our, our sin in our lives and and uh, not be worried about what's in everybody else's lives, Lord, and and, uh, and set the examples, Lord. We, we live in a society, Lord, where um, fathers are failing on a spectacular level, Lord, and um, and uh, not setting the examples that they need to. Parents as a whole are not, Lord, and I just pray that each and every one of us can do a better job in setting examples and leading our children and, and, um, and setting examples for others as well, Lord. Lord, I thank you so much for, for my family, my children, the opportunity I've had to be a, a father, Lord, and um, I just I owe all that to you. Lord, be with us as we leave here this morning. Uh, keep us safe in our travels, and uh, just thank you for all the many, many blessings in our lives, Lord. We lift up those to you that are on our prayer list today, Lord, so many that need, our, need your healing touch, Lord, and, and some that are suffering, some that are grieving, Lord, just, uh, just lift them up to you. Bring us back again safe. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.